Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. You are now listening to the Nickish Show. It is November 29th, 2020. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here after a pretty long week. Well, it's only been a week, but um, we hope everyone had a nice holiday and uh, yeah, good good vibes all around. Hopefully, um, but here with my man Nafi going over NBA and Knicks related stuff today. How you doing, man? What's going on? feeling refreshed bro i fucking i took wednesday and friday off my company only gives thanksgiving off so mm-hmm. it was just like a little five-day mini vacation much needed recharge and all that and i mean i feel like like all nba fans all i've been doing is like you know staring at twitter for any news and i mean the knicks been active so as a knicks podcast we got a lot to talk about you know what i mean so yeah i mean for first off you know i want to i want to wish all the listeners a happy thanksgiving and want to appreciate you guys listening to us you know week in week out for better part of two years now we appreciate everyone who listens in and supports us and uh you know we hope we can we can continue the content as we're going along especially with the season coming up um but you know if you're a first time listener we appreciate you guys listening to us now and you know make sure you check us out on instagram and twitter first off at nick's show and keep you know keep us subscribed on all podcasting platforms um but yeah, to to the Knicks, you and I haven't really talked about it since a couple of days after Toppin was drafted. We know there are a bunch of free agent signings. We know you know the NBA itself was pretty crazy that week. Past couple of days was a little bit more dry and quiet. But um, I don't know. We, what, what do you want to start off with? Um, I mean, where to begin? Like, for first of all, I mean, when we hired this man, this man Brock Aller. We was hyped just because he's a capologist, you know, he's all, he's basically like that stereotypical, like, GM or whatever, or front office person that would, like, make those cap-saving moves and, like, you know, those, like, savvy trades for second-round picks. And, I mean, that's what we saw. So, I feel like it's been a Brock Aller summer, mm-hmm. um, kind of a change Fall. of pace, you know what I mean? Like, we get, we're the Knicks, we get clowned for the stupidest shit, you know what I mean? Like... But then, you know, the smart NBA fans and reporters and writers that actually know things, like, they've given us credit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're having a measured, um, you know, kind of smart offseason. And, you know, that's music to our ears. The only thing that's really lingering, obviously, is, like, Randall still being on the roster. But anything anything that we did really that stuck out to you? I think the fact that we didn't do much really sticks out to me. I think all the picks that we have, I think we're third after OKC and... Um, New Orleans. I think we're third with the most picks in the next five years. We got like Crazy. nine, something like that. Nine in five years. It's like we're we're doubling up. Actually, no, it has to be more than that because we. I'm not counting first round picks. I think we got like fourteen or some shit. That's um, just second round picks altogether. I think first Oof, and second okay. round picks. That's that's a lot. That's un. That that shit is not common if you're a New York Knicks fan, and you know they they got to make moves with it. I mean, everyone's watching OKC to see what they're gonna do, and they're probably gonna make they're gonna try to pull off like a mega move. And um, but as far as the Knicks go, yeah, we got to get credit. 
the Ed Davis trade is <laughs> probably the best move we've made in like three years. <laughs> Yo, well, we all knew that Ed Davis was such a hot commodity. Like, not to interrupt, but that just blew me away in itself. But yeah, go ahead talk about Yo, that what, Davis what, move. We got <laughs> we got two players and two picks for Ed Davis, the legendary, Wild. the legendary, the the superstar Ed well, fucking Davis. Hold up, I think it was three picks because we got him a, with two picks attached. I think because we sent cash to Utah and then we sent Ed Davis. Bro, to that the might be it. Might be four picks because I think we got Spellman, Evans, and uh, one pick. So I think I'm we got sure at least three picks. I'm pretty sure it's two picks. Um, hold on. I could have sworn Jazz Utah gave us two picks with Ed Davis for some reason because apparently I don't know they didn't want him that much or his five million dollar salary was too much for a small market team on their cap books. But hey. The Knicks is winning. You know what I mean? Like it's rare per, to say. So in the trade with oh for with Utah. Okay, so we got we got three picks for him because we got me, bro. We got two from Utah and then one 2026 second round pick when they traded him to the Wolves, and we got Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans, bro. <laughs> Yo, I'm, I was I think it was a JB. Shout out to JB of Knicks Home School in the Strickland. He um. He, like, did, like, a tweet that listed all the young players we have. And it's just, like, it's looking nice, bro. And I kind of understand looking at the young players now, especially with Evans and Spellman coming in, why, like, Leon didn't want to bring in three rookies, you know, because mm. we traded away that 33rd pick. It was, would it make sense to bring in three rookies when, like, you know, with these moves combined, we got mad young players now. And, like, I want to address something real quick before we even really dig into that. Like, this is going to be a real proper rebuild that we're doing right. Like, I remember in a previous episode we both agreed – the the plan is probably going to be with this front office to do a non-dumbass version of what Steve Mills tried to do last season. Mm. You know what I mean? Or like what Steve Mills tried to do the last few seasons. I feel like we're seeing that in action. You know, we're seeing savvy moves. We're not seeing anything like uh, dumb. You know what I mean? At least so far. So knock on wood. I mean, just want to touch on that. We're we're finally doing a full rebuild, I think, or a true one. You know what's a killer move that they made? Austin Rivers. Three years, mm. but two. not one, but two of them are unguaranteed. That's fire, bro. Can you believe like, that? And Austin Rivers is a valid player. No, no matter how much people shit on him, he's a valid point guard in the NBA, and he's he's done a lot with the Rockets. And he's like a combo guard, but yeah, I feel right. Like he's valid. And yeah. I mean, he he has a veteran presence, and I I know they were striking out on other point guards that they were trying to get, but Austin Rivers, two years unguaranteed is insane to me. He joined the Knicks on that kind of. I'm sure he could have gotten a better deal elsewhere, but he didn't. Or, or maybe he decided to come come to the Knicks over that. I thought that was a that was a beautiful move. And Nerlens Noel at a really cheap rate. Yo, I, was just I about love to ask Noel. my favorite move so far. Yo, he's been highly underrated forever. Like he gets shat on because like when he was in Dallas, he turned down that contract, which his agent at the time he like fired him immediately. You know what I mean? And then he that's when he got with Clutch. So on two levels, I like it because we sign him and we're like really warming ourselves up to Clutch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And since Leon's out the game, Clutch is pretty much about to be like the powerhouse agents. You know what I mean? So it makes sense to be cool with them. Mm-hmm. And, and just like the player itself, like you talk about like when Mitch gets in foul trouble, you put Noel in there. The defense shouldn't skip a beat when it comes to interior defense. And then you just look at his number for years now. Like I've been looking at his numbers and I'm just like, why doesn't he get the bag from somebody? Because like. Per 36, he's averaging like two blocks, two steals every season. You know what I mean? That's rare. And he's right. like one of the big men that could, you could actually like play alongside Mitch. And I'm kind of envisioning like how when Chicago was really popping, their defense was crazy. 
they would bring Taj off the bench, you know what I mean, and in clutch moments play him and Noah together. And in that ice defense that, like, Tibbs has, I feel like Mitch especially, but no Noel as well, they're going to be great fits because they're both big men that, like, can, like, shut down the interior, but then also have the foot speed to keep up, like, you know, laterally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's tough to say. I mean, it's not – it's. I don't want to get ahead of myself and say, like, yo, he's we're about to be have a crazy good defense, but it's like – when you look for a perfect backup for Mitch, it's got to be Noel. You know what I mean? For and sure. I'm just fucking and crazy he's still about that move. he's still only 26 years old. He's a he's a lottery pick. A lot of people thought he was gonna be a first, you know, the the first round pick. And uh, obviously in Philly it didn't work out. I think he was the first player from their line of players that were lottery picks that got injured. Um, and he really set he's he set the tone for that. But you know, just looking at his <laughs> stats, you know, you you called Trend it right setter. there two two <laughs> two blocks, two steals. <laughs> Uh, he was in OKC for a while, Dallas prior to that, and you know he's he has a pretty decent record in number of games played. Uh, you know, knock on wood, he hasn't been too injury prone, and you know defensively he works out perfectly. I think the biggest loss that we had was probably Taj Gibson. You know what I mean? And that's not. Yeah. Uh, I think the he veteran might come presence. Back too. What's that? I mean, I think he might come back too. Right, I mean, there might be a chance. You know what I mean? Just yeah, he yeah. loves playing with Tibbs, and I. Uh, we lost that defensive presence and that veteran locker room leadership. I think, you know, Noel fits at least the defensive part perfectly with Mitch. So, you know, they might be the twin towers and, you know, back in New York city. Facts. And like another aspect to that signing, that's just why I love it so much. Like Mitch broke the record for like true shooting percentage, right? Broke will, will field, goal, record. field goal percentage. Oh, field goal percentage. But like, regardless, that just shows efficiency around the, around the rim. Like he puts pressure on the rim. Like I remember when we had Tyson, Eric Spolster always used to say when we matched up that, like, and I haven't heard any of the coach use this, like, line at that time. He would say what makes the Knicks dangerous with Chandler, he provides vertical spacing. You know what I mean? Like, pressure on the rim constantly as soon as he's on the floor. Because, like, at any given moment, he'll get a putback or he'll get an alley-oop, yada, yada, yada. Noel provides that in spades as well. You know what I mean? We're always going to have pressure on the rim within our offense, whether it's Mitch is out the game or Noel is out the game. You know what I mean? And then... I think Noel's been highly efficient, too. Like, look at his true shooting numbers. Like, I'm, I'm tripping. It's, like, high, like, 50s, almost, like, 60, per, like, percentage. You know what I mean? Like, I could check that real quick. But point is, like, he's both, like, going to be a benefit to our offense and our defense. And it's just my favorite fi- signing so far, bro. He's going to thrive under Tibbs. Hopefully. And, 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 like, looking at his contract, yeah. I just hope he gets a long-term deal after this. You know what I mean? Like, this might be the mini payday before the big payday. You know what I mean? But, yeah, go ahead. I don't want to cut off your point. No, no, I was going to say, I know one of the factors that the Knicks were kind of lacking in is shooting. And Mm. um, the only real guy that, the only real shooter that they signed on to the team was Alec Burks, who is a great, you know, great deal. What what was it, one year, six million, something like that. You know, he's not going to hurt you. I think he's a a plug and play for most teams in the NBA. And I think he's going to be a good fit with the Knicks. I I can't really think of what the lineup's going to be with with them uh, upcoming. And I think... Um, a point that's that's made around is this can't be everything that the Knicks is doing this offseason. They can't be done. They're still yeah. about. I I I've want to. I just had the calendar open on what the uh, standards of the individual player workouts start December first, and media week is December first to fifth. So who knows? I think maybe in the next day or two, if we're ever going to see a move, it's got it's got to be in the next forty eight hours. And with with sure. Randall still on the team, and I know I know there's a point you want to make about that. With Randall still on the team, and it still doesn't seem like it's a cohesive unit just yet, or at least 
you know, player uh, roles-wise or anything like that. There yeah. has to be most likely one more or so move. What are your thoughts? I'm thinking just the roster don't make sense with Randall on paper. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like every piece fits. Every, you could see a clear role for everybody when you take Randall out. And then I feel like the signing yesterday, that was straight up CAA Kentucky favor. Like, I'll be mm. rub your back, you scratch ours kind of move. It was MKG. Yeah. I feel like that move only makes sense if Randall's gone too. Because at this point, MKG, he came in as a wing, but he's basically like a big man now. You know what I mean? Like, because he just has no jump shot. And then like... At Charlotte, I remember, I think it was James Borrego just started playing him like how Warriors played the Draymond, like at the five, and he's like six seven. you know what I mean? So I think that only works in our case if we don't got Randall no more. I think with MKG, and, I don't think he's guaranteed yet. I think he's yeah, on like I an mean, exhibit deal. I think he has a potential to make the 15-man roster, but I don't think he's guaranteed yet, even for that. I think that's the thing. I think they couldn't literally sign him to the roster right now because Randall's still here. I mm -hmm. think they're still working a Randall move. So once they get Randall the fuck out of here... That's when they convert MKG to a full-time deal. That's my conspiracy theory. You know what I mean? Like, they're just like, yo, we fuck with you. You Kentucky, you CAA, gang gang. You know what I mean? You part of the crew. But just just hold on a second. Just take this bullshit deal, and we'll get Randall out of here. You join the team. That's my conspiracy theory there. But when you was talking, I was actually on Noel's page, and you, you probably noticed my eyes bugging out. This man had a 71% true shooting percentage last <laughs> oh, season, dog. Yo. <laughs> Bro. Like, and I know that's with CP3 and Shy Gilgis. You know, we need playmakers that could feed our big man. But it's just like, these dudes, like him and Mitch, is just going to be, you know what I mean, constant pressure on the rim. It's beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, and um, you mentioned Burks. I think um, I think he's going to start. You know what I mean? Like, I think he's just going to be, um, like him and Bullock are probably going to be the two alternate swing men that are always going to be on the court. Similar to how, like, Either it's always going to be Mitch or Noel on the court. I see the vision now. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Tibbs has certain roles that he expects of, like, like certain positions on the floor, and he kind of wants to double down on it a little bit. You know what I mean? So then, like, when the bench comes in, there's not much change stylistically. You know what I mean? So that's what maybe I noticed. Maybe I'm reading a little too much into it, but that's what it looks like. You know what I mean? So, like, Brooks is a nice, savvy signing. Like, any other signings you think probably going to pay off in the long run or something that really caught your eye? Uh, I mean, it don't even got to be a player move, you know what I mean? Because we made some other moves, like, into front office as well. I know I know. there's that mini tips guy. What's, what, what's his name again? Darren Armand. Yeah, that was, Darren like, the, the latest signing, and they recently brought in Aaron Brooks uh, to be, like, an assistant or somewhere someone to just flow in between G League and... Uh, the NBA, which I think is a pretty good signing. He was with, wasn't he with Lamelo last season in Australia? Yeah, his teammate, right? Yeah, yeah, they were teammates just last season. So I think he has an eye. I think Australia is going to be, you know, an area definitely to look at, especially if they had both RJ Hampton and Lamelo playing there just last season. More players Facts. might want to go there and get paid instead of going to college. So I think if he has an ear over there, that's I, I that's just my own like personal. Uh, theory on why they, he'd be a good signing to have, but they have their they have their eye on on a, another fucking continent with Aaron Brooks on the team, especially if he's gonna be in the G League. That's pretty good. Um, and you know, mini tips. Yeah. I know I forgot what team he played in beforehand. Uh, oh, think about mini tips. Well, actually, I want to mention with Aaron Brooks. He also played for Tips too, like in a couple years mm. in Minnesota. I oh think, yeah, and Chicago, I think. So like, he's gonna bring in like exactly what I was talking about, like that's just like the system. You know what I mean? He's gonna 
bring that to the young kids too. You know what I mean? Like, yo, this is where you're supposed to be on offense and tip system. This is how you're supposed point. to get in a stance defensively. I mean, Brooks was never anything defensively, but he, you know, he was there. <laughs> he was on the court <laughs> while he was playing defense. He saw. But <laughs> he's seen it with his two eyes. He couldn't, have, you know, his body wouldn't cooperate, but he knows. <laughs> but um, this that dude at Darren Ehrman, like you and I, we both got a stance. Fuck no on Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. One could say this man is like. He ensured the demise of Mark Jackson as a coaching candidate. You want to know why? Why? Fun fact. He was the dude that recorded Mark Jackson saying all that crazy shit. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> like, see? <laughs> dead ass. Mark Jackson, all that toxic shit that was going on, nobody would believe it. So this dude's just like, right, I'm going to record this crazy motherfucker. I he fucking love it. him already. I, I, I love Bro. him. I love him. I heard many <laughs> tips. I'm like, all right, that's, that's good. But he recorded <laughs> Mark Jackson. Yo, keep Jackson as far away from the fucking team forever dude all these knicks fans that want to bring mark jackson hell no hell no we don't hell need no. jackson on this team ever yo just and if you're still unfamiliar at this point about what made mark jackson a train wreck in golden state yo just like i think our man alex wolf from lockdown knicks he has a thread he always retweets when mark jackson rumors come up yeah i love just it go, <laughs> just go google that shit because it's just like a thread of just like oh okay yeah this man is certified psychotic like what <laughs> what did festus azili ever do to him that story will never get old remember like remember that story he's just like he's told the team like yo festus over here he don't want y'all to win he thinks y'all suck <laughs> and, then, and then the whole team confronts him and if festus is like what <laughs> he started crying or some shit that's... yo that's fucked up yeah <laughs> So, like, why would we want Mark Jackson? And Darren Ehrman is probably the man to, like, credit for, like, him not even actually getting another job. So, yo, props to Darren. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, him being mini tips is just icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah, I mean, we've been making moves in all kinds of ways, bro. It's beautiful. Now, let's let's assume that we're sticking with the same team. And I thought I thought you were going to go a little bit more detail into Julius Randle. I thought you had a, a theory on him. Oh, shit, yeah, yeah. I just had to drop that Dar- Darren Ehrman shit in because he was killing me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ironically, he's on the Knicks. But, um, yeah, with the Randle thing, it's just like I don't think you take Obi Toppin 8 if you plan for Randle to be on your roster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I feel like if Randle was going to be part of the equation this season, I feel like they probably would have went with Halliburton at 8 because, like, that's the word – I feel like before the draft, you and I were kind of skeptical about the rumors. They were saying how, like, oh, the Knicks love Toppin and Halliburton. But the, we took Toppin, right? So I'm thinking maybe there was smoke, like, that. there was fire to that smoke. You know what I mean? I feel like Halliburton was probably their second guy. But my point is, if you plan to keep Randall this season, you would have probably picked the guard, like, higher. And going back to my last point, this roster really doesn't make sense if Randall's part of it. Because, like, how would the minutes divvy up? You got Mitch, Toppin, Noel. Um, MKG, if he makes the roster, you know what I mean? Um, Knox should get some time at the four as well. So where the fuck does Randall come in? So, I mean, everybody on Nick's Twitter has been probably saying the same thing. It seems like there's another move in the works. I'm one to think that, you know, with the latest news about, like, Boston trying to do a signing trade with Charlotte for Hayward, I'm thinking, yo, I think we might be able to entice MJ to take Randall. We take the Batum contract and maybe a first-round pick or a bunch of seconds. Who knows? You know what I mean? Like, that, I'll, that would be a win. You know what I mean? Because maybe fans out there, if you're, like, a casual, you probably say, why would we want Batum? It's like, because his contract is at a huge expiring contract, right. and we'll get assets for taking that salary dump, which is what we've been doing all offseason. So I think that's probably the move in the works, but I don't know, bro. Like, everything we've seen so far, it's actually been kind of a surprise, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm just looking at the Hornets roster right now. They're pretty much a lock on the one and two with Ball and 
Graham. Mm. And then if they, I mean, on ESPN, Gordon Hayward's listed on the Hornets. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much official, right? Right. And they still got, and they, they still have Terry Rozier, who might be a good fit on the Knicks, even though his contract isn't the best. It's not the worst mm. either. Um, but yeah, I don't see I don't see Rozier really fitting on that team either with with Graham and Hayward and Ball taking up most of the shots, and they still got Malik Monk on the team, but they don't really have that four. They got PJ Washington and and Cody Zeller is more of a center. So I mean, Yo. Randall pretty much fits. It's gonna be a shitty defensive team, but they <laughs> he'll fit he'll fit right in. And I don't I wouldn't mind taking. But then if we get Rozier, then you know we're pretty much. Like I don't know where he would fit on a team either with with R J Frank and Dennis all on the team. Yeah, think about Rozier too. He would pretty much take us out of twenty twenty one because his his contract is not an expiring. He still has, he's a three year deal. You know what I mean? So I think they want to keep Rozier because I could actually see like a Lamelo Devonte Rozier three guard like rotation. You know what I mean? Like one of them will be six man. So like there's always like a playmaker or ball handler on the floor with Hayward. Um, and like MJ himself, I feel like forever, including the Kemba years, he's always been like on a perpetual quest to get that A seed. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like he would take Randall. He's just like, oh okay, he's great player at Kentucky, um, former first round pick. I want him on my team. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like the typical MJ like fucking uh, stereotype or whatever the hell he likes. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, and and the Knicks are one of two teams that can actually absorb Batum's contract. Us and OKC are the only ones with somewhat of cap space left to do it so it's like a 50 yeah. 50 shot but then there's also that rumor that he's just gonna stretch Batum and then add what like nine million dollars to their cap every season or or something like that yeah i think cyberbullying works because i think that's what they was gonna do <laughs> and then the whole internet just fucking shit on him like are y'all really about to cut this dude you're one big contract just to bring in another big bad contract so it's basically <laughs> gonna be hayward getting paid 39 million a year you want to do this mj crazy. and mj's just like i took that personally <laughs> get boston on the phone like <laughs> so i don't know bro like um the thing with batum is you mentioned a good name malik monk we got the whole Kentucky thing going. Like, let the make them give us Malik Monk. So let he'll be another like reclamation project. We throw in, in the mix with these young dudes, and like let's the be, let the best players win. You know what I mean? Um, he's familiar with Kenny Payne too. Like, I would take Malik Monk in like a couple of seconds from uh, Charlotte to yeah. take that Batum contract, and they give and they take Randall. A lot That'd of be beautiful. A lot of people make comparisons uh, to quickly actually with Monk. So oh, wow. there's a there's a lot that maybe quickly can learn from Monk. And especially, and again, they got that that Kentucky connection going. So, who knows? Um, but yeah, with Randall, like he was clearly brought in to be the guy, and that's why he yeah. played like he was the guy on the Knicks, even though that's not best suited for him. That should not be his role. That's why you know he wasn't that good last season. But it's gonna be it's gonna be awkward when they draft in a 22 year old you know rookie. That at that point doesn't make sense to bench him either. But if they yeah. if they do start the season with Randall on the team, Toppin's gonna have to be on the bench. Sadly, and I'm just like, you don't draft a 22 year old with like, and then do all this like, you know, um, hype around him, homecoming, homecoming for the hometown kid, number eight jersey. You don't do all that just to like plop his ass on the bench behind Julius Randall, who like at least half your fan base hates by mm-hmm. this by this point. You know what I mean? So that's why I just I think Leon, what we've seen so far, he's a savvy like move maker he knows that like he literally can't go in a season with randall but maybe he might maybe it's just like you know they're waiting for the right deal and i don't know we're just all speculating we haven't really seen a reporter come out and say the knicks are trying to get involved in the charlotte boston talks 
So I don't know, maybe maybe that Mike Conley dream ain't dead, bro. Throw, I mean, throw a Randall or Worst Utah. case scenario, Topping could play at the three. Oh nah, bro. He play like a <laughs> he's a five or four. He's I mean he he's si- he's six nine, so he's not like maybe maybe like ten years ago he could have played and maybe not in today's NBA, but six yeah, nine I mean, isn't too crazy for for the three. I mean LeBron he's more did so it. like a he's got like those big man skills though. It's not like Topping. Like he's a good he used to play point guard, but it's like I feel like the last couple of years he's just been in that big man role that it'll be kind of a disservice to him. You know what I mean? Like what are we always talking about? Like when we get young players, the previous Knicks regimes, they don't put them in the best place to succeed. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if we bring Toppin in and we're just like, yo, you're going to play some small forward, it's going to be the same thing as Fizdale. Like, yo, Kevin Knox, you were two now for some reason. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? It's going to be same old Knicks kind of shit. I don't want to do that to that poor boy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Cause it would be ugly. If we have a Randall, uh, a lineup of Randall, Mitch, Toppin, RJ, Peyton, oh, bro, God. Brick City. Uh, Rivers. <laughs> I don't even know why we re-signed Peyton if we have Austin Rivers on the team. I don't know where, I don't know what the hell Peyton's going to do. Yeah, it's funny we haven't even brought his name up, but like his name, his re-signing had like all of Nick's Twitter and like every Nick fan over just mad as shit, bro. So like, what's your, what's your take on Peyton coming back? Bro, he had like a, he had like a what, a 20% three-point percentage last season? I don't know. Maybe less. Right. All I know is that he scored like 14 threes last season. Like Curry be shooting that on the daily, but Payton did it all season. No, I don't I don't see why we need him on the team. We saw what he can bring. He's not going to get any better. He's like 26, 27 now. Like what you see is what you get. And what I saw yeah. last season is not what I want on the team. I don't see him making anybody better. Facts. We got Austin Rivers who's a much better shooter than he is and a better player Facts. overall. Why the hell do we need Payton on this team? I don't know. I think that was the only Move, or one of the few moves that that they made, that I just I just didn't like. I see that. I definitely I, I might be in the middle with the Peyton thing because like to me, like personally, we signed him to a five year like a five million dollar deal one year. You know what I mean? And I guess the bad part is he basically like per the CBA he has basically like a no trade clause. We can't trade him anywhere without right. permission. Yeah. But I don't know. I didn't see like everybody was just up in arms and going wild. Like why would we been painting back? But I'm like. There was no other point guard options, and, like, the old phrase is, like, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. You know what I mean? Like, we knew him. We know what we're getting in Peyton. And at the end of the day, I think what plays into it is, like, all the, all that uh, all those fluff pieces and news that came out about how Tibbs liked Dennis, Tibbs likes Frank's defensive chops. You know what I mean? I think if we're not making a move for a playmaker, I think Peyton could be, like, a nice, like, um, backup. You know what I mean? At least for a little bit. Um Obviously, the jump shot is garbage because, like, 14 threes total last season, that shit will make Ben Simmons blush. (laughs) Ben Simmons is looking at that. He's like, okay, (laughs) I like your style. (laughs) So, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't like Peyton the player. I told you last offseason, I was like, yo, this move, I hate this move, but it only makes sense if he's a backup. And then what what happened? He became, like, uh, we treated him like he was Westbrook. You know what I mean? Like, like Peyton was injured, and then everybody around the Knicks is like, yo, just wait till Peyton gets back. He's going to be a game changer. He came back and – He was good for, like, a game or two. But here's the thing, right? A lot of Knicks fans, they're they're blowing up. They're, like, upset. They're, like, highly – discouraged by this move i'm not i'm not you know reaching to that point i think it's it's like whatever it's like five million dollars you got to use a cap on somebody um and doesn't look like there there that there are that many options but like nick's twitter sometimes be acting way too much like they're they're way actually like mkg a lot of people were not happy they were very upset that they signed another non-shooter to the team it's like he's not guaranteed a deal it'll be one season and he's not gonna like 
he's not going to really cost you as much as you think he might. It's like, like that yeah. reaction is not necessary for every move every time. Yeah, I saw certain people having a tantrum yesterday over MKG. I was like, really? Yeah, really? <laughs> like they're just like I saw. They're not gonna be named because I don't. We don't do free plugs out here. But like I saw somebody say like, um, what's it called? Uh, oh, we we need so much shooting. We get another guy that can't shoot. I was like, we need fucking everything. We need defense. You know what I mean? Like Knicks fans are always talking about like, yo, bring the defense back to the garden. We get a dude that literally only does defense, and we're just like, oh, yo, fuck that. It's an Exhibit Ten deal. It's like a training camp tryout for a dude that has connections to Kentucky, CAA, and all that. So it's just like. I mean, I know, like, our dude Schwinny Poo, you know what I mean? He was on Twitter yesterday saying, like, this move is eh, and, like, as long as we don't play him as, like, a wing, we play him as a big, I'm on the same boat, you know what I mean? Like, I think the biggest thing about MKG is jump shot is ugly, obviously. obviously. Oh, it's ugly Nobody's shit. arguing that. There's, there's no hope for that he jump got shot. The lesson, he got the legendary picture. <laughs> yo, I don't have any, yo. <laughs> You've seen it, right? <laughs> that shot looked like he sneezed mis- midway through, like his arm sneezed. Like, not him. His literally his limbs. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but the thing about MKG is, like, this, he's like the dude that this, nobody has any aspirations or hopes that he might even change his jump shot. Nah, it's just like yeah. you're bringing him for a purpose, just to lock down. And I, I, I think I mentioned this to you offline. Like, the thing with MKG is, like, Charlotte, James Borrego is their coach, right? He came from the Spurs, like, uh, coaching tree, I think. So he's a smart dude, one would assume. So the first thing he did when he came in is just, like, he moved MKG from the wing perimeter, and he's just like, yo, you're a big man now. And that makes sense, you know what I mean? Because, like, his best skills are, like, finishing in the paint, probably rebounding, and, like, taking the ball and going, you know what I mean, on the fast break. But he's trash in the half court because he ain't got no jumper. So if we bring him in, that's just another sign that I think Randall's out of here because, like, otherwise it doesn't make sense, you know what I mean? You're going to play top in Knox, and MKG full-time at the three while Randall is still there? I don't think so, bro. I would be highly upset if Randall's still here. Word. You know what I mean? Now, speaking of broken jump shot, let's let's pivot over to... <laughs> To, what are you talking about? It's like everybody on the roster. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> let's let's pivot over to Dennis Smith Jr. real quick because he is looking a lot better. There, there's a lot of footage coming out about his jump shot, and I know the same shit happened last season, or right mm. before the season started. Apparently, he was he was trying to show off his jump shot, and everybody was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> he had like a little hitch then, but his shot. I don't know if you got a chance to look at it. There, there's some it looks better. Yeah. It looks it looks a lot better, and his his body shape is a lot better look i think it looks it resembles Pause. more of how it was two seasons ago but when Pause. he came thank you <laughs> uh <laughs> can't, can't catch you like you can't be out here slipping bro but yeah continue. <laughs> I, you got you got me um <laughs> like I, I like when he played in that first season or that first game i, I forgot how it feels against the spurs or the celtics he just did not look good at like jump mm. shot aside like his he just looked overweight he didn't look healthy and it just look like a different Dennis Smith Jr. I think he's starting to look a lot like how he did when we traded for him. And yeah. he's working with the with the legendary Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, who is the Steph Curry before Steph Curry. And he's worked with guys like Phil Fultz. Jackson. He's worked with guys yeah. like Fultz and Oladipo, and he's helped them develop their shots. And it's always a good thing. He's known as a shot doctor for a reason. And if Dennis is mm-hmm. working with him almost exclusively, I, I didn't hear about Roof working with anyone else this this past off season it really looks like it's just Dennis that's very promising I don't think Dennis should be starting at all because I don't think he deserves it yet but my hope is that he 
kills it from the bench and then he eventually becomes a starter i i know you you've always been higher on him but i think this time around i'm higher on him than you are on his like potential to bounce back I won't go far there. I mean, once I saw that new, that Daily News article all about how like uh, he's like in tune with Rauf, he's like he's been working with him every day and yada yada. I was like, all right, y'all y'all got me back on board. Like, <laughs> it's not to the extent last season was. I feel like last season the idea that I even probably convinced you to think of as well is just like the roster, all these powerful makes sense if Dennis Smith makes that jump in his third year. And I think the front office was operating that same way because the rumor or the reports came out. They promised Dennis the, Spartan, the starting spot. They had Keith Smart like tied to the hip with them all summer. Um, when the team started actually getting together for workouts, I remember reports coming out. I think it was like Bagley and shit. Like, oh, the team is very impressed with Dennis. Like the teammates and shit are impressed with Dennis. And what happened? That whole season was his train wreck. It was like both on and off the court for Dennis. It was like the worst season he could possibly have. So it's going to be like a – he's basically a reclamation project again. You know what I mean? Like, so my thing is, like, yeah, I mean, we got the development. We got, like, a dude like Johnny Bryant, which doesn't get mentioned enough. Like, we mentioned Rauf. Obviously, that's a big time for for his shot. But Johnny Bryant, he's famously known for working with Dame Lillard, working with Dan, Donovan Mitchell. And, like, I'm not comparing Dennis Smith to those dudes, but, like, in terms of, like, the kind of profile those guys have, like, athletic – score first guards, you know what I mean? Yeah. We've seen Johnny Bryan have success. So I think it's – if if Dennis doesn't revive his career this season, then I don't think he ever will. Like, I think this is make, or, make it or break it, you know what I mean? Like, he otherwise he's going to be in China and the new Stefan Marbury over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's just my thoughts. Yeah. I mean, as far as profile goes, you'd hope that that's the ceiling that Dennis has and that's the thing that I think we both thought he had – a Donovan Mitchell, Dame Lillard kind of guy. I, I, If you go back in the episodes, you might be able to find a point where I said Dennis might be an all-star this season last year. I thought yeah. if there's anybody who could have been an all-star outside of Randall, I thought maybe Dennis could have been. But shit, from day one, 90 seconds in, I'm like, fuck. That's, that's right? not happening. Like, and I think it's just because he's a young kid, and I think last season, obviously he was probably told he's going to be starting, and then going into the season, he didn't start. And him being such a young and like immature, let's just say it out, like put it out there, like the book on Dennis for since going back to his NC State days at college, he's like immature, not really like um, a dedicated dude. Like then you mentioned in a previous episode, he just stopped like uh, you know what I mean, eating fast food or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Like he <laughs> he gave up on like what what was his famous like Zaxby's or some shit like his yeah, famous, yeah, like, yeah, yeah fast yeah. food joint mm-hmm. from uh, the south. I'm like and. And we saw reaction is always the same. We saw him getting elite athlete, right? Yeah, Yeah, and we saw him getting subbed out of those games where he played poorly, and he would take his sweet ass (laughs) time going back to the bench and wouldn't be high fiving anybody. He would just be at the back of the bench and just have a towel over his head and not watch the game. And you know, you'd hope that that humbled him and got you know pushed him to to work harder this off season. Yeah, and I think like like him working with Mahmoud is just going to be major just because like. He's going to humble him, too. He's just like, yo, this shit is not guaranteed. Like, I got blackballed from the league. That's one aspect to, like, not even just the basketball-wise, but it's just, like, off mm-hmm. the court. Like, yo, don't take it for granted. Like, actually be dedicate yourself. And, like, it's like obviously he had his own reasons for getting blackballed and being ushered out the league. But Dennis, he might be blackballed just because he's not good enough. You know what I mean? So Rauf could just be, like, imparting that kind of wisdom on him. Like, yo, don't take it for granted. Like, make the most of this. Revive your career because otherwise, like, you could be out the league just like I was, you know? Yeah, but um, Go on. I want to like stand on that point guard topic though. Like, 
you think Frank is uh, going to be starting? If we don't make another move for a point guard, what are the point like? What are the guy or what guard on the roster you think will take that starting spot? It's going to be either Bullock or or Burks. It's probably going to be Rivers, Burks, RJ, mm-hmm. and then let's say Toppin and Mitch. I think that's going to end up being the starting lineup, most likely. What do you think about like a Frank Rivers, RJ, Toppin, and Mitch lineup though? That would be my preference, but I think yeah. you, you know you hit the nail on the head. That's probably going to be one of Burks or Bullock to start because who's going to shoot the three pointer on that team in today's I mean, NBA? You need a three point shooter. And it's not going to be Mitch. It's not really going to be Toppin. He could shoot the occasional one. RJ's not going to be that guy. Austin Rivers has like a respectable shot, but not a great one. You got to have yeah, that yeah. three point threat on every lineup. So it's really going to be like you said, interchangeable between Bullock and Burks. And Frank is probably going to get a lot of minutes. He's probably going to be a high you know, role player, but I don't think he's going to be a starter if, if you know, if one of those guys are going to be – I think it's going to be one of those guys instead. Yeah, I mean, training camp opened up next week, so we'll have our answer. But just – I think – you know how we always heard throughout this offseason is just like the the veteran players and their fit around RJ is going to matter with the dudes we pick up? And you could kind of see that with the dudes we picked up. Veterans, shooters, um, a big man that's basically a carbon copy of Mitch in his ideal form, you know what I mean? So that's a lob threat and then shooters, you know what I mean? So I think if you want to go all in and see what RJ has, you know, just make him the designated playmaker, you know what I mean? Like I'm looking um I'm looking at a random like tweet here that has Old Depot's picture, but I remember back in the day when Orlando drafted him, he was a shooting guard coming out, but their GM at the time, he's like, "Yo, we're just going to play him as a point guard cuz at the end this? of the day." Who are you talking about? O- Oladipo? Oh, okay. I'm trying to like compare it to RJ. So like when he got drafted in Orlando, the GM was just like He's a shooting guard, but we're going to play him at point guard because developmentally, even if he doesn't become a point guard, it's going to help him become a better shooting guard. You know what I mean? Like his uh, his playmaking, his handles and all that. So I think if you make RJ like a designated playmaker on the floor, you put Rivers and Burks around him, Toppin and Mitch, and just say, yo, RJ, just go. You know what I mean? Just be that playmaker. I think it'll end up better for him in the long run because you, yeah, I mean, you sound I like Fisdale. I mean, not really, just because, like, Randall had no history of that shit. I was just about to say, RJ, like, when he was on Team Canada and he was just whooping ass, he was basically a point forward, point guard, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm saying, like, game one, he was a a starting point guard from from game one. Yeah, but I was, like, a rookie, and the thing about Fisdale is they never fucking did that lineup, apparently. All the reporters said (laughs) that, like, all the, like, all, all the lineup, like, permutations they saw in the training camp. That was all out the window. Bro, the we were six weeks. Doing, we bro? were six weeks in. We still didn't have a, a starting point guard on that team. He said we were bro, still trying to figure it out. Nothing's guaranteed. Yo, was probably like the worst fucking student. He's probably the type that like he got assigned an essay. Oh, he's doing six weeks. He probably spent all six weeks just like incrementally working on his essay. Then the night before, he's just like, nah, fuck this, and he just starts something new. And then he gets huh. an F the next day. <laughs> you know what I <laughs> mean? Like that's exactly what Fizzo seemed like. You know what I mean? But all right, you know what? Maybe I got too overzealous. Like, fuck that. If you make it a physical comparison, <laughs> fuck it. Like, keep RJ at two. But point remains, though. I feel like we got to just put the ball in RJ's hand, you know what I mean, this season and just let him go. Because there's no reason, unless we pick up, like, an all-star or something, there's no reason why RJ shouldn't have the highest usage on the roster. You know what I mean? He should absolutely have the highest usage. Um, real quick, because I was actually listening to uh, Nick's film school the other day. Uh, shout out to Macri. And there's a, there's a pretty interesting point that he made. Um, we're going to pivot a little bit over to what the rest of the NBA has been doing, but the first team I want to highlight are the Hawks. And mm. <clears throat> with with the Gallo signing and uh, 
shoot, I'm blanking on who else they signed. Um, Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich, that's huge. Rondo, Chris Dunn. What does that all seem like? It looks like all pretty desperate moves to make a certain young point guard happy. And, you know, we know Trey wasn't very happy last season, and Bogdanovich isn't really a – he's an eye player, but I don't think he's he's like a – really a game changer to that extent where there'll be uh, a, a, an Eastern Conference semis. Gallo is a pretty important player, but I think they might have yeah. overpaid him just a bit. But I don't think they're that much better. And John Collins doesn't really have a role right now. He's trying to be, you know, a max caliber player right now. The point that Macri made, because he, he was on a pod with uh, with Vork from The Athletic, mm. and yeah. he's like, you know, I think I to that do, too. Yeah, do, yeah. You think, do you think Trey Young might be in play? For the Knicks in in a season or so, if he's if he's not happy, and you know that's it's I think it's an interesting thing to keep an eye out for because we know he's not too happy. He wasn't too happy last season on on the Hawks. I was about to say the Knicks. Um, I don't think we've ever uh, talked about the Hawks on this podcast ever. <laughs> facts, but um, hey, it's first time for everything. But uh, yeah, Mac, I'll say one thing about that. This idea by Macri, it's interesting. I don't know how valid it is, though, just because we've never seen, like, a star-level, quote-unquote star-level player like Trey Young not sign a rookie extension. You know what I mean? Like, even De'Aaron Fox, who's in fucking Sacramento, just signed an extension with them. You know what I mean? Because as a rookie, you basically have no option. You're trapped. You know what I mean? Like, you're restricted. You can sign your qualifying offer, but that's mad risky. And, like, the only player that, like, that did that, I think it was Greg Monroe. He signed a qualifying offer, and he dipped the season afterwards. Yeah. And then KP threatened it, but... He threatened it, but I think the Knicks front office wasn't threatened by him. It was just like, yo, we didn't want you anyway. But, like, since you're doing this, you out of here. You know what I mean? But I don't think he would have went through with that. As fragile as he is, he was coming off an ACL tear. You're going to tell me he's going to take a qualifying offer? You know what I mean? So I don't think Trey Young's going to do that either. But it definitely feels like with the player empowerment thing, it used to be how, like, the uh, a star would sign a rookie, his rookie extension, and then the, the countdown will clock, like, start on the team. You know what I mean? Like, yo, like, the countdown until, like, he leaves because you didn't do enough to help him. Now it's even earlier. You know what I mean? Like, Trey Young's only two years into his rookie deal, and, the like, the Hawks are sweating. <laughs> like, they made all these moves. Yeah. And, I mean, credit to him. Like, I want to touch on Bogdanovich a bit. Uh, Bogdanovich. I think he's you kind of underrating him just because, like, from what I – Red, this dude was a killer overseas, like clutch in the clutch. And he's playing in Sacramento, so he's obviously never had a clutch moment. But hmm. actually, no, he's never had the opportunity to really play in the pressure moments. But he does have really nice game winners. And there are moments apparently where he was the guy running the show in crunch time for Sacramento because mm-hmm. he's comfortable doing that. Because apparently overseas, he was like Kobe in the clutch. You know what I mean? For his, uh, I forgot who he played for, Serbian team or some shit, Slovenian? I don't know. But. No, no, no offense to all our Euros and <laughs> Serbs listening. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't cancel me. But I'm just, you know, giving them credit. And apparently, I saw the bleach. I read a Bleacher Report article about what went down with Milwaukee with that sign and trade. Yeah, Giannis didn't give a fuck about Drew. He wanted Bogdanovich. Like that was his number one guy. He's like, yo, come join me. We'll have a big three with Middleton. I was like, yo, first of all, Giannis. <laughs> That's like a big one and a half. You know what I mean? Like, but. If Giannis, MVP guy, sees Bogdanovich in that regard, I kind of had to reevaluate too. You know what I mean? That's fair. Watch, you little, watch a little bit of his, his highlights. Not just a spot-up shooter. He's a playmaker. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think I like the moves for Atlanta. But I think what's going to get overlooked is the fact that aside from Chris Dunn and maybe Rondo in the playoffs, 
their defense hasn't really improved with these signings. You know what I mean? Like, Gallo's getting old. Bogdanovich is, like, kind of not good on that end from what I've seen and heard. But I do like the mentality they have, even though it's kind of stupid to just be this shook by your rookie player or, like, your young player on a rookie deal. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, they do still have Capella on their team, and they did just sign Okongu. So, as far as the uh, front court goes, I think they're pretty much set defensively and deandre hunter hasn't really gotten any minutes and cam reddish neither but those guys have you know three and d potential both of them yeah i mean i know it's we actually pretty Simmons. holy is, is this actually a pretty valid lineup i think they have the second best offseason after the lakers but they yeah. got they got jeff i'm pretty sure jeff teague signed re-signed with them um no i saw he went to boston you're right my bad I, boston, for some yeah. reason his name is still here uh, they still got Kevin Huerter. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but that dude's deadly from the Herder. three. Herder, thank you. Herder. Um, and they got Scal, I think, still. Labissier, La- La- whoever the fuck his last name is. But he's he's a pretty good player, defensively at least. Um, hmm. Who else? Since you mentioned Capella, I completely forgot they got him. But, like, Capella or Conku at, like, number six this season, I think John Collins might be on the move, bro, because yeah. his contract is up. And it just wouldn't make sense otherwise, because like at this point, Gallo's really not a wing no more. You gonna you bring him in to be your stretch four. So how does that lineup work with Collins in there? It's the same way how like Randall doesn't exactly fit with the guys we have so far on the roster. I feel right. like Collins, like as good of a player as, as he is, I feel like all these moves, like you know Capella drafting another center slash power forward and then signing Gallo, just says yo he's out of here. And then DeAndre Hunter, you he plays a bit at the four too. You know what I mean? Cameron Reddish, Cam Reddish, he's like a wing, but like he's six ten. You know what I mean? You would hope one day he could play like four. So I think Collins is out of there, but I don't know. I feel like I'm, I like the Hawks offseason, but also I want to kind of temper expectations. I think like I feel like defense is going to be a question, but they're gonna they're gonna win games just because their offense. Because Trey is a uh, like he's a great scorer, but he's a fucking maestro too. You know what I mean? Like as far as a playmaker for other players. Um, I love the Chris Dunn signing just because. He's like what we always want Frank to be. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a be more of a bulldog on defense. You nice on defense, but, like, yo, just be, like, up in dude's shirts. You know what I mean? Just be, like, vicious with it. I think Chris Dunn is like that. I think he's going to be a good cover for Trey Young. But, the East, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. East is going to be interesting this season. I'm just looking at the standings from last season. I don't know who I'd take out. I mean, the Magic had the 8th seed. They're probably not going to make it back in with, with the Hawks back up. Even the Pistons, mm. they I don't think they're gonna be more competitive because they did a bunch of weird shit. I think temporarily they'll be more competitive. Um, I think they tanking, bro. I, I think they tank tanking. Cause like you look at their roster, like they got no shooting. They got mad big men now. It's the same problem we had last season. Yeah. I feel like they're yeah. I mean they're gonna be more. Comp- they're not gonna be the worst team. I mean they might be the worst team. Maybe they tra- if they trade Blake, yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. Uh, outside the Pistons, I mean, let, what about the Knicks? I think I think Vegas gave them like an over under of like twenty six or some shit. If we get thirty, I'll say that's a success. But that's you know, with the with the idea that we're going in as like a young team, like maybe we make a move because we didn't actually touch on this, but it definitely feel like felt like that. Uh, or according to reports, Leon had a lot of other plans lined up, and this is just our plan, like, C or D. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, Hayward was apparently the main target. That didn't happen. And then hit the second, uh, like, option there was Malik Beasley. This is according to, I think, Mark Stein had said this, and then uh, Timberwolves beat reporter. 
But yeah, once Malik Beasley, like apparently we were the reason Minnesota gave him such a big contract just to keep him on the roster. And then I'm just reading right now the post saying that uh, Jeremy Grant was our, was yeah. like the third on that list. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of glad they didn't go that route because like, I like Grant as a nice role player, but $20 million a year for him, bro? <laughs> what? Like, And you're supposed to play him at the four, right? But like Detroit signed mad big man. So is Jeremy Grant going to be like your playmaker on the wing? I don't think that's going to work <laughs> out too well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for $20 million a season. I don't know, bro. I feel like we got like the Knicks surprisingly got saved from themselves with these other other teams doing Nick like, like you know moves by throwing the bag at like you know throwing too much money at decent players. You know what I mean? Like Davis Bertans got like eighty five million. It feels like it's twenty sixteen again. Yo, dead ass, and I don't know. Some of these deals might look ugly in like four years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Definitely the Gordon Hayward one. You know, like I don't know what the hell they was thinking, but yeah. Mike is crazy, bro. <laughs> um, any other uh, off seasons that uh, really stood out to you around? I the mean, league? it's it's so unfair to say that the Lakers, who just won a title, had the best oh, off man. season of thirty NBA teams. Dennis Schroeder, Agreed. they re-signed Markeith Morris. They switch. They swapped out Danny Green for uh, Wesley Matthews. And it's all off the top of my head. Um, I think they did one more. Marc Gasol, Marc bro. Gasol, bro. Holy bro, shit. Bro, a Gasol in a Lakers jersey, bro. Ain't that beautiful? They like, swapped out Dwight Howard for Marc Gasol. Yeah, That's... and I want to, like, I'll touch on that. Like, Dwight had an amazing season. Like, going in last season, I feel like all the moves the Lakers made, like all their role players, they got, they were all clown. Like, they got they got clown for McGee. They got clown for Rondo. They got clown for Dwight. All those guys was key contributors. They even got clown for signing A.B. Bradley because at that point he was mad washed. Mm-hmm. But then these moves, they're all pretty much an upgrade. You know what I mean? Like, I think with the thing with Mark Gasol is he might not be as intimidating as an interior defensive presence, even though he's a former defensive player, player of the year. Bro. He's just not as athletic as McGee and, or- and uh, Dwight right now. Yeah. But, yeah. What, what we, you about to say? We forgot about Montrez Harrell. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I love the Gasol signing, but yeah, that Harold signing, like, bro, what the? I think fuck, that says, a, dude. that's just not I think fair. That says a lot about his, yeah, that says a lot about his market, though. That like that nobody else wanted to sign him to that much, but from what I heard, he just loves the LA club life too much. So mm. he's just like, yo, if the Clippers ain't giving me the bag, like, fuck it, <laughs> let me go yeah. across the hall. So yeah, that's a crazy signing. Um, good God, bro, good, f- yo. So what this shows me is, though, is, like, I think that Lakers are kind of planning on LeBron taking it easy this season, let, like, these these other role players step up, and then when it's time to really step up in the playoffs, he's going to be well-rested and shit. I'm just imagining, bro, Marcus Gasol is such a perfect fit at center next to AD. I'm just mad it's, like, as a basketball fan, I'm just mad it's happening so late in his career because mm-hmm. he's literally the perfect fit. He's, like, big and bulky, so AD don't got to bang with the centers, but he also got a jump shot, and he's an amazing passer, bro. Dwight, that's what Dwight would, wasn't giving you last season. Dwight can't pass. Dwight can't shoot. But Smart as hell. I mean? Former champion. Facts. Knows how to get it done. Facts. Facts. Bro. Hats off to the Lakers. But And then the thing about it is, I don't think any other contender really did much to really improve. Maybe the Clippers got something cooking because I don't think they're entirely done with their offseason. But I don't know. I don't really see another contender that really stood out like that. I mean, maybe Milwaukee. I do like Drew a lot. but. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Any other contenders that caught your eye, or do you think the Lakers are literally the fra- favorites right now after these moves? Dude, easily, easily the favorites. Um, 
apart from Milwaukee, I'm trying to figure out who else made any moves. Um, who is a uh, title contender? The Nuggets were weirdly quiet. Um, yeah, yeah. I think they signed you Michael Green, like kind of a replacement for Jeremy Grant, I guess. But yeah, um, I don't know. The He's Sixers the had a pretty big offseason. Oh. Completely forgot. Yo, Daryl Morey is a fucking motherfucking God. maestro, bro. He's on the job for two days, and he's just like, yo, flip the whole roster. Al Horford, bad contract? Get him out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the hell, bro? Like, they're literally... The thing about the Sixers, like, last season really put a bad taste on that entire franchise, right? But before, they had a perfect recipe for their success and why they won, like, 50 games. Mm-hmm. Simmons, Embiid, J.J. Redick, and shooting. You know what I mean? That those lineups were killer. Daryl Morey, being the numbers guy that he is, he looked at that. He looked at the roster last year. He's like, "Why the fuck did y'all do this?" <laughs> and then he swapped out non-shooters for actual shooters. Like Seth Curry, he's like forty-five percent career from three-point range. That's a perfect fit, right? And uh, the Suns, obviously, with with Chris Paul, uh, the Blazers got better by signing Robert Covington. They got Rodney Hood. They re-signed uh, Mello. Mello. They got. Uh, and the Clippers actually, you know, even though that they, even though they lost, even though they lost Montrezl Harrell, they still keep Lou Williams. They did get Luke Kennard. That was a that was a weird trade with the Pistons. They kept Marcus Morris, and they got Serge Ibaka. Oh shit! Yeah, I like that. I like that move a lot because I think, I mean, Montrez won Six Man of the Year, but I think Ibaka is just so much better defensively. You know what I mean? And and yeah. the. He played with Kawhi, you know what I mean? But, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, he and Montrez was kind of exploited in, in the playoffs because he wasn't as exactly. good defensively, and he couldn't bang with Jokic, and Jokic was the reason that the Clippers are out. Now you put in Ibaka, he'll be able to mm. keep up with Jokic, at least in the paint. So I thought that was a yeah. really good signing. I definitely do like that Zubak-Ibaka like, center combo better than like Harrell because I love his game offensively. Like I think offensively, I said this before, he's exactly what everybody thought Kenneth Fareed would be. Yeah, the defense is like got ugly, and the thing about Harold is he's in a perfect spot now. He just has AD and LeBron around him, like, and then he don't have Lou Will no more. But if he comes off the bench, he'll have Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench with him. It's just like I, I feel like that's an upgrade. You know what I mean? Because Lou Will, say what you will, he's nice in the regular season, but then you look at his playoff numbers. I think he shoots like a career thirty-five percent or some shit, like from the field. Period. He's he's just one of those dudes that's just like, uh, you know, better in. Uh, his reputation it ain't as good as what he is, but any other moves you want to talk about? You want to talk about Phoenix real quick? Yeah, touch on him briefly. Um, yeah, I mean, apart from Chris Paul, and uh, they did get Jay Crowder on that team. I think, I think just with oh, the Chris man, Paul signing, that instantaneously makes Devin Booker much better, and it'll, it's going to do wonders for DeAndre Ayton's career. And I think what about Langston Galloway, the big move there, big big move. He went to Phoenix. Who? Langston Galloway, Langston, man, oh, oh yeah, Nick. oh he's still in the NBA, bro. <laughs> I mean, he, he was in the Pistons for a into, while. He turned himself into a nice three and D point guard. You know what I mean? So like, you would want that coming off the bench for CP3. I like that. You know what I mean? They brought back Javon Carter too. He's like the new, like Patrick Beverly from what I've seen. That dude just be up in your grill on defense, bro. So I like what they did. Yeah, yeah, I think they're pretty much a lock for like the sixth or seventh seed at this point. I mean. If we ain't got really nothing else to talk about, I guess we could put a put a bow on this episode. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing else really coming to mind. Oh, actually, hold up. You saw our man, Nate Robinson, last <laughs> oh night. Oh, boy. 
I think that, I, yo, you want to talk about blackball from the NBA permanently, <laughs> bro? The worst part is I I wouldn't care, but he wore Knicks colors. I he know wore the, a that, blue and orange. Tongue. I was like, we not even playing, and we took an L. You know what I mean? It, I don't know, bro. I, there's no way Nate Robinson could ever show him like show his face again. Like when he goes to, like social gatherings with NBA players, he can't do that shit no more. <laughs> he can't show up, <laughs> He's not yeah. allowed in the club, bro. My God, that was so. It was such a bad fight against Jake Paul, bro. dude. Like, he... <sighs> First of all, fuck that dude, period. Because sure. any mad racist... Him, him, him and like, his brother. Yeah, they're both MAGA as yeah, fuck. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. So, I was just hoping fucking Nate would whoop his... Yo, you know what they need to do? Get James Johnson. Put some boxing gloves on him. Put him in the ring with those <laughs> Paul dudes. Both of them. You know what I mean? Because you read about James Johnson, this man is a killer. Like, yeah. MMA, like, <laughs> God. <laughs> So put him in there and, you know, or Matt Barnes. I think he would come out for a nice payday. Yo, Matt Barnes would whoop their ass. He got reach, too. He might be a little I old. Mean, I don't know. For this. I don't know. We just we just fantasy booking right now. but <laughs> I mean, who knows? May, you, you think more NBA players would line up to, to you know, knock out one of these guys? Or they, at this point, they'd be too scared to be next, like Nate Robinson? I think I don't think any active players will do just because, like, it's like probably a contractual, like, violation. Yeah. Like, you know, you're putting yourself at risk. But I think of for, former players, maybe they might. You know what I mean? Maybe um, to redeem themselves as like a collective. Uh, I'm getting group. a smile right now because I'm thinking like, what if it's Stack Jack, like Stephen Jackson? <laughs> He's just like the, uh, Barkley. Ron, always yo, Ron Artest. <laughs> bro, bro, yo, make, make it a tag team match. Fuck it, like <laughs> the Paul brothers versus like the Malice at the Palace, like uh, gods. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, shout out to Nate out there. You know, your face might be bruised, but I feel like your ego is more bruised. So nah, don't shout out Nate, man. He he had no he had no business being in that ring. I, I still got a wearing wearing Nick colors, smoke. making us look worse. Just you're right, you're right. Just nah, man. Just we can't. I, just, he did nothing to Jake. He he couldn't even scratch him. Bro, it was like. I was so dumbfounded. Like, I'm just like, yo, Nate's an elite athlete. All he needs is, like, a trainer to train him for six months. I feel like he didn't even take any of that shit seriously. He probably just, like, hit the heavy bag three times and then just, like, went to go shoot hoops. Then he went in there. He's just, like, he fought, like, how you, like, middle school kids will fight two punches and try to hug them and take them down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that shit don't work in <laughs> boxing. Like, bro, bro, fuck that. I was, I've never been more disappointed, but Mike Tyson looked good, though. You seen that fight? I did. Yo, he legit looked scary. He looked fucking scary, bro. Them, like coming, Roy Jones coming like to the his kidneys out of his butthole this morning. <laughs> it, all them body shots, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Nah, I was gonna say <laughs> coming to the ring. He he looked like he was like sixty years old, and then once that bell rang, dude dropped like twenty years in age. You remember, bro? Yo, you remember this guy from like fifteen years ago, twenty years ago in in wrestling? That guy who like once a bell rang, he'd go from like like a like a like like his tongue would be out. He'd look like he was, I don't know, like something was wrong with him. And then bell would ring. He'd become a monster. Fuck, what was his hmm. name? Festus, I think. Boogeyman. No, no, no. It was Festus? like Festus. Oh. He wore he, like the bell would ring, and then he'd just kill everybody. I that's yeah, that's, that's that's what I thought of. Mike, for, for there were some Tyson. points last night. It was only eight rounds, but I was like halfway through. I felt scared for Roy Jones. I was like, he knows he has no chance. He's like. There were moments where he tried to do like a fury of punches, but he just swinging at air. Yeah, he gassed like, out bro. like thirty bro. seconds in. I don't uh, know how that shit ended in a draw. I think it was just because it was an exhibition; they didn't want to bruise any egos. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's a draw, even though like everybody knew Mike won that shit. 
You know what I mean? And then if fuck, like I get it. You know what I mean? It's a sparring match or whatever. But Roy Jones kept hugging this dude, mm-hmm. uh, hugging Mike, and I'm just like, bro, if 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 he just let Mike go to work, he probably would have died. So I get it, but also I was annoyed as a viewer. Like mm-hmm. it's smart, but it's just fucking annoying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. What a time, bro. Mike Tyson fighting in 2020. Yeah. I forgot who it was. Either it was Jake or Logan who's challenging Floyd right now to come back and fight Floyd him. Floyd Mayweather? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he might do it, so he won't. There's nothing he would have turned down for a check. <laughs> That's true. Say what you will about Nate. Embarrassing as fuck, but he got 600K out of it, apparently. I mean, would you, would you, would you, would you take 600K to get beat up by a racist? <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. What you mean? <laughs> Nah, bro, my problem. Six hundred thousand dollars. Come on, now. I know we're. I know we're. I know we're recording this on a podcast, and we're trying to, you know, keep it cool. But six hundred thousand dollars to get knocked out. Up to up. Let me set the stage for you, though. Whatever is just like a fucking tobacco chewing, red MAGA hat wearing, overalls wearing, corduroy pants wearing, racist like. You know, tractor driving races. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll you would take 600k to get beat up by him in front of your family, family and friends. I'll do it. Hell no, I'll do it. If I want, if I need to come back at him later, I'll do that too. But I'll take the 600k. You know, I mean, 600k is nice. Though. I mean, I might do the shit that. I, <laughs> do you remember fucking back in the old WCW days? Like Hulk Hogan, he poked Kevin Nash, and Kevin Nash just like fell over. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I might just do it like that. Like, all right, give me my 600k. <laughs> Then when we get the bag, we jump. That's what I'm saying. Dude. That's what I'm saying. There now you're you following right, me, bro. Right. I'm seeing the vision and I fuck <laughs> with it. Let's do it. <laughs> but all right, man. I think I think that about wraps it up. Good lively episode after a minute. You know yep. what I mean? Hope our listeners enjoy. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and you know, make sure you look out for this Wednesday for Nickish at night. We haven't done it in about two weeks. Um, and you know, we're excited to bring on a new guest for this week. And make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show and on all podcasting platforms. We hope you guys stay safe. Please continue to wear a mask, as we've been mentioning every week. The these Rona numbers just don't go down. We keep breaking new records, so make sure you guys stay safe. And we hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And and yeah, that's about it. Any any final words? Um. I mean, Thanksgiving's already passed, but I hope y'all was smart about it. Um, I just have a bad feeling in like a week or two, the numbers is going to be super ugly. You know what I mean? Just because we already seen it on social media. People don't give a fuck, bro. They was traveling for Thanksgiving like it was regular. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's probably going to be as ugly as we's ever, we've ever seen it. And I just hope people out there, you and your loved ones, stay all right, stay safe. You know what I mean? Because this shit is still no joke. Like, it's not even about survival at this point. It's about what this corona can do to you in the future. I don't know, bro. We're like the most unhealthy nation on the world. I don't think like getting a virus that could fuck your entire your entire body up would be wise. Word. But yep. yeah, that's just my take. Otherwise, stay safe and until next time. Yep. Peace.